The advice given in this podcast is general in nature. If you require personalised medical advice, please see your healthcare professional. This podcast is not affiliated with the views of our professional employer and any real-life accounts have been appropriately de-identified for confidentiality purposes. This is 1% Stronger. Hey everyone and welcome back to this week's episode of 1% Stronger. Welcome back guys for yet another lockdown uh, episode recorded via the interwebs. Uh, Thank you for sticking with us through this time. How are you this week, Amanda? I'm good, thank you. I was going to say we've definitely had our fair share of um, technical difficulties, but we've made it through, so it's all good. Um, I'm I'm very well. uh, We're more than halfway through the lockdown now, through stage four, which I'm very excited to have over and done with. Um, How are you? What's news? Um, Once again, not a lot is news and not a lot going on, but I I am well. Um, yeah, I am very ready for this to be over. Um, it's so hard (laughs) recording when we just get, there's a slight delay, which is why people might notice we occasionally start talking over the top of one another. (laughs) I know there's a little bit of a lag. Yeah, that there is. Makes me with what we have. That we will. My recommendation for this week um, I don't know how people are going to get their hands on this recommendation, so it may not be the greatest one because I have been the slightest bit of a pirate and watching it online. Please do not alert the authorities <laughs> to me, but I've been watching a TV show called Blindside um, and it is delightful. Um, it is, um, it's like, I don't know how to, it's kind of like, a cop FBI show, but it's kind of not, and I don't want to say too much about it because it will probably ruin it, but essentially um, a naked woman covered in tattoos comes out of a bag in Times Square and it sort of addresses this FBI agent and they have to sort of go through all her tattoos and the meaning behind them and they actually unlock clues to sort of crimes that are going on and then it's that team's job to sort of obviously stop the crime slash the criminals and it's kind of just different to your regular sort of cop tv show and i have found it very enthralling uh during this time so what did you say it was called again uh it's called blindside blindside all right well i'll have to add it to my list and give it a watch yes definitely can recommend that um what would your recommendation be of this week so Big surprise! It's not a book this week, actually. Um, this week, my, my right recommendation now. to you guys—it's <laughs> an Udi. So definitely something that you compare with a book. It's my new favourite thing: my Udi, a glass of wine, and a good read. But oh my god, I got mine in the mail about three or four days ago now, and it has—I'm not being hyperbolic—slightly changed or revolutionised my life it is so comfortable the inside of it is this incredibly soft kind of like shirling fabric and the outside of it has German shepherds on it which is just like my (laughs) favorite thing in the whole world um my dog no longer goes to sit on my boyfriend's lap he is obsessed with sitting on me and my udi it is incredible it is so soft so comfy I slept in it I literally just live in it it is like wearing a weighted blanket it is incredible um they're not cheap 
they're a hundred dollars and they, you get 25% off. Um, like they've always got some kind of discount code. So I did spend $75 on it, but let me tell you, it was $75 well spent. I would not be recommending something to you guys um, that was that expensive if I didn't think it was worth it. But trust me, if you have the money to spend, go out and get yourself an Udi. You will not regret it. Oh my goodness. I have seen them advertised everywhere across my socials like people either have them or the sponsored ads are there i've always kind of been like oh i won't buy one like they're kind of expensive but once again amanda you are like the queen of recommending things um so much (laughs) so that it definitely influences me um yeah between those and like a weighted blanket i've always wanted to try them but they're both so expensive that i just have not committed to it yet but you might have just I know, sold me on it. It's a huge deterring factor. Well, I saw Kennedy, my housemate, wearing hers, and she's got a different brand. I can't remember what it's called, um, but she says hers is a little bit cheaper than the Audi, and it works just as well. So definitely mm. do your research and find. You know, there are other brands on the market that do very similar things, um, but the Audi brand is the original one that I have purchased, and it's awesome. Oh, all right, I might have to have a look. Definitely, definitely recommend. Um, But yeah, let's just dive straight into this week's episode. Um, I will start off by a little bit of a disclaimer. There is a bit of a trigger warning here. We're going to be talking about depression, mental health and suicide. Um, So if this is going to be a little bit triggering for you, um, we're not going to be at all offended if you don't tune in for the rest of this episode. We will catch you next week. That is more than okay. Um, But if you do choose to stick around, please feel free um, to switch off any time to listen in short bursts, whatever works for you. If you ever need to reach out to anybody, please call Lifeline on 13 11 14. They receive a call every 30 seconds and would be more than happy to attend to whatever need you have. So Lifeline are always there to give you a helping hand. Yeah, wonderfully put, Amanda. I think today's important today's topic is important to be talking about, but yeah, can obviously um, trigger, potentially trigger some listeners. Yes, absolutely. So today's episode, as the title suggests, um, there's a stigma, we all know it exists, of medicating depression, taking antidepressants or, you know, having this admission that something is wrong and you're doing something about it. And it can be a big deal. Maddie, you and I go to mental health patients at work. I would say I do on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is always always, 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 no matter on the person's age, sex, ethnicity, there's always a stigma surrounding mental health and surrounding medicating it. Um, And it breaks my heart because, you know, we we all tell each other that it's just like having high blood pressure. It's just like having diabetes, you know, but I don't think we really intrinsically believe that yet. So today we're going to really deep dive. We're going to get to the root of where this stigma comes from and what we can do about it. A hundred percent. Our number one aim through this podcast and this episode is just to hit home the point that there is absolutely nothing wrong with taking medication for your mental health, um, no matter what condition that may be. Today, we're talking about antidepressants, just because you and I have personal experience in that sort of area. But yes, this is not. This is. We are of the firm belief that taking medication for your high cholesterol or your high blood pressure or whatever it is, is equally as important as taking it for your mental health. Absolutely. So Maddie, let's start off with first and foremost, what is depression? 
Depression uh, is a mental health disorder, disorder characterized by persistently low moods or loss of interest in activities, causing impairment in an individual's daily life. Yep. So tell us about some triggers. <laughs> Wonderful. Sorry. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's a, a range of, a vast range of things that can cause um, an individual to. I guess, suffer from depression. These can be a combination of sort of biological, psychological, social factors, or a combination of sort of any of these above. Um, but research suggests at the, mo suggests at the moment um, that these factors may cause changes within the brain's functioning, um, including inactivity of specific circuits within the brain. Yep, so basically in simple terms, there's a chemical imbalance within the brain that results in the person feeling persistently down um, and it takes into account the individual's genetic code and their environment. Yeah, yeah that it does. Um, I've got some pretty sobering st statistics here for the listeners today. Mm -hmm. um, so according to Lifeline, eight Australians die every day from suicide. Eight a day. That is... So, so, so sad. It breaks my heart. Even if it was one a year, that would be far too much. I genuinely have a belief that we can strive towards zero. Um, absolutely breaks my heart to think that there's someone, you know, losing a family member or a friend every single day um, to suicide and from, from mental health. Yeah, I wholeheartedly um, agree with that. Those eight a day are all preventable deaths. Um, no one Absolutely. needs to die by suicide. Um, no one needs to feel, you know, so depressed and worthless that the only option they feel is to take their own life. And as, as someone who's had experience in both friends and family members taking their own lives, it is such a horrible disease and the wake of it is unexplainable. I completely agree. Over 65,000 Australians will attempt to take their life over a one-year period. Over 65,000. And these statistics came out before all this coronavirus pandemic came. So I can only imagine what the numbers would look like now, considering this has just rocked us completely. Yeah, unfortunately, um, statistics around suicide attempts and suicide deaths are only retrospective. We can't know them at any given time. So unfortunately, although there is increased speculation at the moment that there is increased suicides during this time, we actually don't have any founded statistics um, to sort of back that up. But I do not disagree with you at all. This has been an incredibly tough time for all of us during lockdown and these massive changes to our lives they would not be surprised such we know that more people are feeling depressed so it's only logical to think that therefore there'd be more people attempting to take their lives during this time which is incredibly sad yes completely and you know it's it's very much so amongst the young population in Australia. So suicide is actually the leading cause of death in people aged 15 to 44 years in Australia. So all very, very young um, in which this, you know, this horrible, horrible thing impacts. Yeah. And for each of those lives lost, the impact can be felt to up to 135 people. Um, so this includes friends, wow. family, work colleagues, and the first uh, responders for which you and I can both attest to. Um, Absolutely. 
yeah, and it, I've definitely felt the wake of that within my personal life and the professional life. And so if you're thinking of those eight people a day who are dying from suicide just in Australia alone, then think of the up to 135 people per each person who are feeling the effect of this. It's, you know, it's a large people, it's a large number of people who are ending up affected by this. It's heartbreaking, absolutely. So let's talk about antidepressants specifically. And like you said, Maddie, we're just talking about depression and antidepressants in this specific episode. Mm -hmm. Obviously, there is a plethora of mental health conditions and medication and pharmacological options in relation to those. But today, specifically, we are focusing on antidepressants. Yeah. So what do they do? A little bit of background for us. They work by helping to balance the chemicals in the brain, which are known as neurotransmitters, which affect our emotions and moods. And there are a lot of misconceptions that come with antidepressants that add Mm -hmm. to that stigma that we've been speaking about. Yeah, definitely. There's some common misconceptions, but yeah, a lot of them work on, you know, serotonin in the brain, which we all know is the sort of, I guess it's commonly known within the rest of the population as the happy hormone. Um, yeah. And it's exactly what it does. It just, um, a lot of them, I'm not saying all, but a significant amount of them help them work via that serotonin pathway um, to sort of increase one one's mood. Um but I definitely had a lot of common misconceptions regarding antidepressants um, prior to learning more about them. Um, I'm sure, Amanda, you did too, but do you want to sort of, um, I guess, give us a bit of a debrief of some of these common misconceptions? Absolutely. So antidepressants do not mask the problem. They don't cause a person to forget about what's going on in their life. They're not happy pills, like you're saying. They're not going to give you a sudden injection of or a high or anything like that. Instead, they can help to make the problems that we face in our lives more manageable by improving a person's mood and their concentration. And this just gives us a better chance at working through and coping with our day-to-day struggles as opposed to them working against us. Yeah, I'm sure if anyone on their the worst day that they can think about whether they thought they could help themselves through, you know, a difficult time, the answer is probably no. And that's, I guess, where antidepressants come in. They're an adjunct to sort of treat that chemical imbalance within the brain so that therefore we as, you know, more more well-functioning human beings can begin to deal with and cope with and work through the things that are potentially or the factors causing um, the depression or depressive symptoms. That's right. Um, And let's talk about what we should expect from taking them. So the first thing I'm going to say is that I'm sure your doctor will tell you this. It's not a quick fix and it's not going to work straight away. So antidepressants often do take weeks to take effect. And I'm talking like an average of four to six weeks with consistent use um, until you start noticing a change. Uh, Some people can experience side effects at the beginning Um, of these and they can range from such things as nausea constipation low libido weight gain none of which are going to improve our moods no (laughs) Um, but most of the time these side effects will improve with time Um, but of course as always it's important to be having these conversations with your doctor um, because they're going to be completely unique to you definitely and there's um I guess that's the common misconception as well within certain populations, definitely something that I wasn't aware of until I furthered my knowledge on the subject. But, um, you know, it's not like you're going to take a couple of pills, feel better, um, 
and that'll sort of be the solution to your problem either. As you said, it takes a multitude of weeks for our bodies to build up enough of the, um, the medication within our bloodstream to actually be like a concentrated level to, um, to work for us. But then at the same time, it's sort of difficult because those, um, the side effects that you spoke about can often be a deterrent for people to continue to take them. And so they never reach that sort of threshold where it's going to be beneficial for them and give up before it sort of had the chance to work. So it's definitely important um, if your doctor has suggested um, antidepressants or if you've sort of given up prior to getting the full four to six weeks in, it is, you know, difficult to actually determine whether it's been beneficial for you or not because it hasn't had long enough to work. Um, I yes, guess that's exactly right. Popping in asterisks here as well. There is a chance in some antidepressants that it may actually, it's totally unfortunate, but it may make your symptoms of depression worse prior to making them better. Um, so it is kind of a commitment in taking um, antidepressants as well. Yes, absolutely. And just like any other condition, like pain or reflux or high cholesterol it might take a few different changes of the medication in mm. terms of the actual medicine or the dose to get it right and find the right balance for you so it's really important to be persistent with it stick to it and work together and build a really good relationship with your doctor so that you can be really open about them um, about sorry with them about how your treatment is going and they can decide whether or not they need to alter your dose or put you on a different form of the medication altogether because there's so many different types out there and it's definitely not a one size fits all. No, definitely. I think that's, you know, something that people could be potentially deterred by is, you know, oh, I tried a medication. It didn't work for me. There are, sorry, excuse me. So many medications out there on the market, so many available options. And it is, as you said, unfortunately, potentially going to be a process. If you're, you know, trying a medication for four to six weeks, deciding or determining it hasn't worked for you coming off that medication to commence a new one, it might be some time before an individual finds relief for a medication that works for them. But we do 100% encourage people to persist and don't be discouraged by that because, it is, a, it is a matter of balance. Um, people with high blood pressure, as we said, for example, try often try multiple medications before it is under control. And it is frustrating, but un unfortunately, there is no sort of one size fits all. Yeah, absolutely. And I've mentioned in the past that I personally take antidepressants, um, but it's not at all relevant which brand or what dose I take or anything like that. It's completely individual. It's up to everyone's own treating team to come up with a plan that works best for them. So it has nothing to do with what works for me or what works for your friend or your sister or your uncle or anything like that. It's completely unique to you. And it's something that you and your doctor need to work together in order to find something that fits. Yeah. And I've been very open. I'm very open with all of my friends and family about the same that I take antidepressants to ease my anxiety, um, for which I found incredibly beneficial um and i'm literally in 45 minutes about to have another um gp consultation um to talk about my antidepressants and how i'm going and what i'd like to do in terms of it um continuing on into the future and it is about that it's about you know um having that good relationship with your doctor and, and knowing your own body and being able to talk through that with them yeah, absolutely. And Maddie, I think you can definitely agree with this when we say that the idea of antidepressants 
definitely isn't to stop you from feeling anything. They're not going to make you numb. They're not going to make you forget your trauma. They're not going to instantly make you happy. They just, you know, aid in stabilizing your moods to enable you to actually cope with the stresses more clearly, which is why it's important to combine your medication with other forms of therapy, like speaking to your psychologist and your GP. Uh, but we will talk a little bit more about that shortly. Definitely. Um, the science shows us that um, antidepressants work best when used in conjunction with um, psychological therapies, such as, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy or other therapies that a psychologist or psychiatrist would use um, with you. So I definitely am very open about this in my personal life slash my social media as well, that talking and using antidepressants is has been a game changer for me and is definitely something that should not be um, stigmatized or talked negatively about because there is absolutely no shame in doing or taking or either one of those things essentially. For sure. For sure. So why do we think so badly of them? I really want to get to the root of this problem because I think the stigma is really the crux of our argument here today. Mm. Um, And I really want to help to play a role in really like, breaking down these walls around it. Yeah, definitely in need. Um, I think for me personally, if a friend told me that they were taking like, you know, antidepressants to help treat their, their depression, like if you were to tell me that, I would be so supportive and I would say, you know, you're doing a great thing for yourself. I'm so proud of you. I'm glad that you've gone to get help and you've done such a tough thing. But when it comes to me, it's like I have this sort of detached feeling like it's, it's fine if other people take them, but not me. I don't need them. Like I can cope with my own, you know, I can cope with things on my own. I can cope with my own stresses. And, you know, why do I hold myself to a different standard than I would anyone else? Why is it okay for me to judge my own emotions and moods negatively, but be really empathetic towards others? There, uh, it's such a great question, Amanda. There is such this common misconception out there. And I want to say it, I have personally had experience um, through our work. It's a common misconception amongst males. Um, I found anyway that you could just, you know, I'm strong enough to get through this. I don't need the assistance, you know, or, you know, those who take medications are weak and not strong enough to do it by themselves when literally strength has nothing to do with it. It's, you know... It's, a, as we said, a biological chemical thing going on within your brain that, you know, sometimes no amount of, of strength or resilience or determination is enough to beat that on your own. Yeah, for sure. Like there's a real dichotomy and double standard here. It's just time to let it go, to be fair. Like you just, you don't get a prize for struggling through and not accepting help. And exactly like you said, it doesn't make you stronger or weaker or better or worse you're the person that's being directly affected at the end of the day and putting, you know, judgments aside and treating yourself with compassion instead of, you know, all of these horrific thoughts that we have of ourselves in the face of hardship, in my opinion, is truly what's courageous. And, you know, demonizing antidepressants and labeling them as all bad, I think it really dismisses the number of lives they have saved. We spoke at the beginning about those really sobering statistics of suicide. And I think it's terrible to stigmatize this and put that stigma on ourselves because it just reduces those people who unfortunately have lost their battle with their mental health condition and gone through and committed suicide. I think it really talks down on on the issue there. A hundred percent. There is... 
uh, I, I know it's not going to change anything by me just saying it, but I truly believe there is no shame in it. And the more that we talk about it and openly discuss it, the I guess the more that that belief will be taken up by other members of society, the more freely we talk about it, the more freely others can talk about it. And, you know, the more commonplace it is, the more acceptable it is essentially. Um, but for me personally, something that I really sort of found influenced me prior to me starting depressants was someone said to me, you do not deserve to feel this way. You deserve to be happy. Um, and if it's antidepressants that are going to help you to feel that way, there is, you know, what is stopping you essentially. And I had echoed that to other people who I know have been feeling or struggling with their mental health. And it is absolutely true. No individual, no matter what they've done or been through deserves to feel shit and low and like they're not worthy or helpless just because of a condition that they have. So why would anyone put themselves through that and why did I put myself through that for so long just because there was this sort of perceived stigma around taking a tablet for it yeah that's beautiful I, I really like how you put that I think really just putting a blanket statement over it and shaming people can really just dismiss the fact that you know people rely on antidepressants and other forms of you know medicine to address their medical issue just as they would for any other medical condition. And really it's just setting us backwards in our progressiveness towards normalizing the conversation around mental health. I just feel like our actions don't show that we're truly open to fighting the good fight against mental health disorders if we're stigmatizing ourselves for seeking help. So just like you said, compassion is key. Be compassionate towards yourself and let that stigma go in yourself before you can project that onto anybody else. Yeah, and I don't think anyone can truly feel supportive of another person going through their struggles if they're not first reflecting that within themselves. Um, Absolutely. So I think, yeah, a lot of potential work within ourselves needs to be done so that we can project the right message upon society. And I guess when it push comes to shove with me, Amanda, I'm sure you will have seen similar things through our workforce is that, people cope with low mood in a hundred different ways that are not beneficial to their health. You know, people yeah. turn to, you know, drugs, alcohol, cigarettes, sex, risk-taking behavior, whatever it is to make themselves feel better or escape from their low mood. And it just, to me, obviously trying not to, place blame or discriminate against those individuals because I myself know that I would do a lot of things to stop myself from feeling shit but when there's a potential solution within antidepressants that are so accessible and honestly incredibly cheap it cost me seven dollars a month for my antidepressants mm -hmm. um it's, it's going to be so much better for us and allow us to cope better than if you exactly undertake right. any of those other, you know, less desirable coping mechanisms. Yeah. So, you know, as we've mentioned time and time again, it's really essential that this conversation is had with your medical professional. So your GP that you've built a good relationship with, because they can formulate for you what's called a mental health care plan. Um, which can include some subsidised visits to a psychologist um, and they can link you with a psychologist if you obviously don't have one that you know of. 
Um, and because of the coronavirus pandemic that's going on here in Australia, obviously it's going on everywhere in the world, but here in Australia, mm-hmm. our government has just expanded this um, to add an additional 10 sessions on top of what we were already entitled to each year. So definitely take advantage of that and go and make an appointment right now. Especially, um, I don't know if it's going on in other states, but in Victoria at the moment, all GPs are mandated to give free telehealth conferences with their patients. So at the moment, it is literally free for you to make this appointment with your GP, make this mental health plan. You might have to have a bit of a longer session. You might have to have a bit of a chat. Just, you know, touch on the issues why you feel you need one. But after that, you're, you know, essentially available 20 um, sorry, sessions with a psychologist at a discounted rate by Medicare. It's an incredible service to have access to. And there are people in other first world countries across the globe who don't have this kind of access or it's not as affordable. Um, you know, it's not exactly the greatest program in the world, but it is definitely something there that I would encourage people to, you know, go and take hold of and take use of if you feel like you're struggling absolutely make it part of your self-care routine you know taking care of your mental health and taking the time to check in with yourself is crucial to looking after your well-being and i don't think you have to be depressed or have any kind of formally diagnosed mental health disorder to go and chat to a professional i think it's something that everybody should do definitely i think Being able to talk to someone who has no personal investment in your life, someone that you can just rebound thoughts over or someone to give you totally unbiased sort of opinions or suggestions or even just make you think about things that perhaps you hadn't come to to talk about is incredibly beneficial whether you're, you know, feeling unwell or not i definitely think that every single person within our society at different points of their life should be seeking um, help from a counselor or a psychologist me too and maddie you know you spoke about um, cognitive behavioral therapy before that's something that your psychologist can potentially go through with you and that sort of focuses on really changing um, the challenging and unhelpful behaviors and patterns of thinking Um, and helping us to develop coping mechanisms based on our individual situations. So we certainly don't need to have a formal diagnosis of a mental health condition to help to deal with our day-to-day challenges better. Um, But aside from, you know, talking, talking to a therapist, there's also other, you know, non-medication options, uh, things like acupuncture, yoga, nutritional and like herbal medicines. There's, there's very limited evidence on these though. So I will just say, um, you know, be wary of them, do your research. Um, There's no harm in participating in these kind of methods if they do work for you. Um, But Maddie, you used the word adjunct before, and I think that's perfect. I would use these things in conjunction with working um, with your psychologist and and your GP at the very least, um, and rather than sort of making them the primary focus of your treatment. Definitely. There is 100% a place for them. But as you said, the science is kind of shaky as to whether it's going to perform long-term Um, benefit but there is definitely science between as I said taking antidepressants pairing that with seeing a psychologist or talking therapies there is science behind you know the positive mental health effects of exercise and of good diet and of good sleep hygiene all of which I'm sure your GP and your psychologist would talk to you about if you know these things were being talked about with them Um, because that's where the literature currently stands they're the things that we know help people with their mental health and are going to be important 
I guess, as we covered in our episode on, you know, on mental health during lockdown a couple of weeks ago, it's the same thing that goes to depression and your mental health during any time. That's exactly right. So let's just get this myth out of our mind that natural is always better and the way to go. Really by doing that, we're only limiting ourselves to what's available to us. And, you know, once again, you don't get a prize for denying the availability of modern medicine and science. And what works for one person may or may not work for you. So please don't take the word of, you know, Instagram influencers gospel if they don't have any formal qualification in the health field. Often social media can be a huge source of stigmatizing mental health. So it's really, really important that we're aware of this when we're sourcing out information. Even if it's wrapped up in a little fitspo bubble, it doesn't mean it's good for you just because the person promoting it looks good on face value. You guys are intelligent people. You can take it from more than that. Do your own research and listen to the professionals. Definitely. And we all know Instagram, especially all of social media is a highlights reel. So no one's going to come Well, there's very limited, I guess, people out there who are talking about their bad days or how they cope with their bad days. Most people are just showing you the highlights, you know, it's what we want our lives to look like. So I guess we can't take the words of someone who's, you know, only showing us their good days or their highlights reel and what they say sort of helps them. You know, you can't see all of the picture. And I think that's why we're so focused on, you know, talking to your GP because they are going to ask you the questions to develop that sort of holistic knowledge of what's going on with you and therefore what's going to be beneficial. Um, Yeah. It's just, everything has its place, but just don't wait that as much, I guess, as would be my advice. Absolutely. You know, Instagram influencers, it's their job to sell you a product and sell you a lifestyle more broadly to that as well. So we want to make sure that you guys are getting all the facts so you can, so we can educate you and you can educate yourselves and you can know whose opinion you can trust and whose opinion you can maybe take with a grain of salt. Yeah. And just to reiterate that fact, we ourselves are not influencers. We are not paid by anyone, including Big Pharma here. Um, We are 100% going off the science that we have at hand at the moment, our own personal experiences, um, which is why we kind of want to bring this information to you. We want to remain unbiased. We want to, you know, show people other sides of the conversation that isn't being had at the moment. That's right. And um, once again, guys, I know that was a lot of heavy the content for this week's episode Mm -hmm. um i just want to reiterate that lifeline is always there on the other side of the phone to help you guys out have a chat if you ever need it their number is 13 11 14 100 percent, guys there is no shame in reaching out no matter who or what that service is um taking a helping hand when you're struggling is admirable and strong and brave and we are so proud of any of our listeners who are taking that difficult step and doing that themselves for themselves. That's it. Do it for you because no one else is benefiting from it. Exactly. Well, thank you once again, guys, for getting all the way to the end of our episode. We hope you enjoyed this week's discussion. I know it was definitely a little bit less lighthearted than what we would normally be discussing, but we definitely thought it was very important to do an episode on this. A hundred percent. As always, we are trying to bring you guys the most sort of balanced sort of conversations about stuff that maybe we ourselves are struggling to find um, within socials, I guess, social media, our own personal social circles. Um, So we certainly hope that you guys enjoyed this content from us this week. 
As always, guys, we'd love for you to subscribe and recommend our podcast to a friend. It would help us out so much. Um, And we very much look forward to being in your ears again next week. Yeah, if you guys can start pushing this out on your socials, sharing us on your Instagram stories, tagging us um, when you listen would be so appreciative. As always, our Instagram is 1% Stronger. That is all letters and no numbers. um, And we look forward to sort of hearing that you guys are listening and and seeing how you guys listen to us. Um, As always, we will be with you next Friday and we look forward to being with you guys then. All right, bye guys. Have a good week. Bye guys.